If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guests and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of We're Talking Shift. Today's subject is going to be, well, I think I'd call it a bit of a health buffet as we have a highly esteemed and renowned doctor who is going to cover everything from women's health to the current health issue affecting humanity today. And you all know what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to have to say it. But she is a force in the best possible way. And I am truly honored to have her on the show. Now, for those of you who do not know of Dr. Christiane Northrup, let me give you the lowdown. Dr. Northrup is a business owner, physician, former surgeon, mother, writer, and speaker. She has spent her life as an advocate for women's health and wellness, first as a board-certified OBGYN physician for 25 years, and now as a three-time New York Times best-selling author. Her many books have been translated into, count them, 30 languages. Dr. Northrup is hailed as a visionary pioneer and leading authority in the field of women's health and wellness, which includes the unity of mind, body, emotions, and spirit. I love that. I don't know how anybody can possibly separate separate those things. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. She is a 10-time Oprah guest and has also been featured on the Today Show, The View, Rachel Ray, Good Morning America 2020, and The Dr. Oz Show, among many others. And as if that isn't enough, Dr. Northrup has won numerous awards ranging from the 100 most trusted people in America in 2013 to more recently, Watkins Magazine's list of the 100 most spiritually influential living people. Whew. Today, we'll talk about Dr. Northrup's number one New York Times bestseller, The Wisdom of Menopause, which has inspired over a million women with a dramatically new vision of what midlife is and can be. This gem of a book is in its fourth edition and contains new updates and information drawing on the most current research and medical advances in women's health. We're also going to get Dr. Northrup's take on COVID, vaccines, and health sovereignty. So without further ado, I bring you the internationally recognized guru of women's health, Dr. Christiane Northrup. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Northrup. Thank you. Wonderful introduction. It's so funny to read all about my past because we're at this great bifurcation. And, you know, so I hear things like the other day a woman came to my house to be in a, a meeting that we have for medical freedom. And she said, well, I was just massaging a very well-known writer and she used to follow your work, but she said, now she's quite ill. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's interesting. Some, some things happened to her. I, I've had the, you know, all of you know the the cancel culture from 2020, and I I only bring this up because I know that what's happened to me personally is what's happened to everybody who's listening, and so I would I got you know literally hundreds of 
what's happened to you? I used to follow you. I loved your work, but now, you know, something's happened to you. And what I've always wanted to say is absolutely nothing has happened to me. You're just not keeping up. I mean, I have been about 20 years ahead of the curve for my entire career, and this is not any different. Mm -hmm. I just like with mammograms, just like with delayed cord clamping, just like with all of it, all of it. I yeah. know something and I had leading edge medical literature sort of long before it made it into the mainstream culture. And I think that um, what people fail to understand is if you've been a holistic physician, as long as I have been, mm -hmm. we're methods, we're approach, our approach has been under attack for maybe 200, 300 years. I mean, come on, 9 million women were burned as witches during the Middle Ages. It was the economy of the Middle Ages. And those were just the healers and midwives. Yeah. We're not talking about witches. We're talking healers and midwives and so right. on. So right. it's, just, it's just that it all ramped up. In uh, 1910, about, John D. Rockefeller came out with the Flexner Report and hired and gave massive amounts to, uh, of money to people to go around and declare that all the homeopathic, naturopathic, chiropractic, osteopathic medical schools were all practicing quackery. That is a term that they invented. John D. Rockefeller was the head of Standard Oil and he also wanted to wipe out anything that was a natural substance that couldn't be patented. And so patent medicine or pharmaceutical medicine, which is petroleum-based, became the gold standard. So anyone who didn't have an MD was considered less than. Now, the reason I present such a problem for people is that I have my MD from Dartmouth Medical School. I did my residency at Tufts New England Medical Center. I was a clinical assistant professor of OBGYN at the University of Vermont at Maine Medical Center for 25 years. So it's very, very hard for people to cancel me. So what they do when they can't explain it, they do a character assassination. Right, right. That's how it works. And so you, you, know, you have to say, when the New York Times has been trying to reach me for, and the Washington Post and Mother Jones and you know, trying to do profiles on me, it's like, where were you when I really could have used your help for some of my books? Oh no. Right. Now, and it makes me laugh because here's the thing for, and now we'll get into the, the wisdom of menopause. Um, I've always known that all the places we're told not to look like the places what, where we'd be ashamed of a woman having her period, a woman post-menopausal, uh, all of that. The places where we're most afraid of, that's where the most power is. And there, that is the truth on spades when it comes to perimenopause and menopause. You get so much power after the age of 50, but I'll tell you, it's the power behind your eyes. Mm -hmm. It's not power in front of your eyes. Um, give you an example. I have a friend who was a model and when she went through perimenopause, she felt a great loss because mm -hmm. most of her power came from how she looked. Ex external. She'd walk, she'd walk into a room, men would all turn. It's what we call getting full service at self-service prices. 
<laughs> and she went through life in that way. So her looks were the whole, whole deal. Well, the real wisdom is when you can walk into a room and from your absolute real power, the power behind your eyes, that's when you can move mountains because you're not wasting any time trying to get a man to notice you or trying to land a job or whatever. You know, I feel bad for these women who say, well, you know, I've got to go back into the job market and I'm 50. It's like ramp up some skills mm -hmm. and there because the connectivity, yeah. the potential for connectivity in your brain, because the FSHLH hormones that were popping just at ovulation are now high the rest of your life. So I say that you're maximally receptive to cross-pollination. We can, we can make connections that we've never made before. And we have all that wisdom literally, literally wired into our brain. But it's never going to be wired into our brain. If you believe the narrative, this is the beginning of the end. Now at the age of 50, I'm right. going to need my colonoscopy. I need my mammogram. And it's the beginning of the end. And then they start giving you the organ recital, like, you know, all the ways that all the pills that they're on, you know, the average 65 year old is on six prescription medications. You know, it's insane. So we, That's not normal. No, we've got to, but it is, it's not natural, natural, but it's normal for our culture. Right. How, how is it natural yeah. or normal or anything that our governor just removed the mask main mandate, except for if you're five years old and above in school, then those people have to continue to wear them. The one area, the one group that is never going to get COVID never has, won't transmit it. Right. Um, so there's all kinds of insanity at this time. And yes. what's fascinating to me and to you, and frankly, to anyone who would listen to you, how could so many smart people be so fricking dumb? <laughs> we, we have that conversation in our household every day, every day, Dr. Northrup. And it's like, how am I missing something? Because I'm willing to be wrong, but somebody tell me the, show me the logic show just logic. You don't even need scientific data, like from here to the moon and back. There's just some things that seem logical that anybody with some common sense should be able to figure out. And I don't, I don't get it. And I, I'm willing to be wrong, but so far nobody's been able to give me any real evidence or justification for this inside out, upside down world all of a sudden we find ourselves in that has no basis, basis in logic. It's, That's it's mystifying. Right. And there's so much like that actually in the practice of medicine. Mm -hmm. And there was, have been, has been. So, you know, let me, let me go back a few decades and I'm a young intern at St. Margaret's Hospital for Women in Boston, run by the Sisters of Mercy. And everybody who comes in in labor is given secondol and scopolamine. She's put into twilight sleep. She turns into a wild animal, and three, but she doesn't remember, and she's strapped down. And three days later, when she wakes up, the obstetrician hands her the baby as though this is a gift that he himself has given mm -hmm. to her. And then she has a wash with all of this prolactin and oxytocin. She falls in love with her obstetrician. Then 
You know, it was the 70s. So we had the women's movement and all these men and many of them really good men, by the way, suddenly lost so much power because women were starting to wake up to their own power. Mm-hmm. And now in a this millennium that begins with a two, we're in the beginning of a true partnership time in history. And so the, in the feminism of the 70s, this would be uh, like, what's her name, writing The Immaculate Deception, Suzanne Arms. Uh, I remember that that book was big when I was in my training and, and it did get us as doctors to begin to look at things differently. Like why did everybody need to have all their pubic hair shaved? Why did they need to have betadine poured all over everything? Like the, like the introitus, like the birth canal was Mm. a surgical site, but that's how I was trained. Honest Mm -hmm. to God. Sure. And I was trained in a lot of other stupid things like circumcision, which we don't have to get into, but it's one of my things. Anyway, <laughs> we can get into it. So anyway, you know, the wisdom of menopause came about because when I, when I went having written uh, women's bodies, women's wisdom, I then went through the wisdom of, well, then came menopause and that same in my own life and a midlife divorce. And I remember thinking, oh, oh, I know what this is about. I know what this is about. The brain catches fire and a big party who goes, uh, I'm not doing this anymore. And what we do as women is we're not allowed to have a feeling or be angry other than to be nice. And so people say, well, it's my hormones. You know, if I could get on the hormones, right. Or if I could get the psych meds, right. If I could just get Prozac and Soloft, right. I would be okay. When in fact you're in a birth canal where your soul is saying, what about me? And Mm -hmm. all the stuff that you've done that brought you to where you are, if it hasn't been helping you, it will be the beginning of the end. It'll be the beginning of chronic degenerative disease, but it doesn't need to be. It's adolescence in reverse. And I, frankly, I think the entire planet of humanity is in perimenopause at this particular time. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because I, I, I've read that you have said like the whole planet is in menopause or perimenopause. So explain the analogy a little bit more for our listeners, what you mean by that. When you're in perimenopause, your hormones are doing this. The memories from the past are coming up. The unhealed childhood traumas are coming up. I literally had patients who remembered being sexually abused only when they were going through menopause. And the reason for that is that the estrogen dominance in the face of too much insulin, often from eating too much sugar or drinking too much wine, that creates a thing in the brain where the basal forebrain and the amygdala kind of light up and they contain the memories from the past. And Mm. any injustice is going to come and hit you between the eyes Mm -hmm. because you won't be able to move into the second half of your life until you've cleaned that stuff up. And it is why so many relationships, jobs, whatever, end during that six to 13 year process that is the perimenopausal transition. You're moving from 
what I call alternating current to direct current. So things that only bothered you a day or two premenstrually and you'd, okay, well, yeah. then you'd get your period and you'd be back to business as usual. The estrogen right. would go up and everything seemed rosy. And then again, you'd get a little PMS, but you just write it off instead of, instead of understanding that whatever was coming up premenstrually was in fact, very important to your life. The things that made you cry, the things that made you angry were all so important to were like red flags popping up. That's right. But you don't. And so you get about 380 chances to do that. And then if you don't, nature keeps doing the wake up calls. So perimenopause is a big one. Postpartum is a big one. Seasonal affective disorder is a big one. Mm. Every woman who suffers during this time has, if you're really suffering during that time, you need to do the deep work of what are the needs that I have that are not being fulfilled? And what, what's the first thing we do usually? It's like, you know, lashing out at mm -hmm. a husband, at children, at your boss. But what the power, the power is taking responsibility for ourselves in that setting, realizing that that yeah. setting really provided us with a lot. But then knowing when is it time to do the great bifurcation, which is right where we are on the planet right now, of now you follow the path of your soul. We're on an ascension pathway and it's a solo journey. And so I wanna give you like a real example of this. Let's say that you are married to someone, you know all about what's in the COVID shot and it's not pretty. And you know that it's a murder weapon and I can mm -hmm. give you all the reasons for that. But the person you're married to decides they're going ahead, going to go ahead. In fact, they don't ask you; they do it, and then they come home. You now know that every time this person breathes, they're breathing out spike protein that is toxic for your body. You know that that spike protein is now in their semen, in their urine, in their feces, in their sweat. It's coming off their skin. It's in their respiration. Okay. What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? And right. that is, that is the, um, this requires enormous faith, just like perimenopause. Only now the aperture is smaller and smaller. Like in perimenopause, all right, you got six to 13 years. We do not have six to 13 years at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. We need to really see this agenda. And if you can't see it, the, well, the reason you can't see it is the reason that I wrote Dodging Energy Vampires, <laughs> because uh, the agenda is being carried out by psychopaths. And our denial of what they're doing is their protection. Our denial yeah. is their protection. Oh, he couldn't possibly. Oh my God, no. Our government would never do that. My doctor would never do that. The medical center would never do that. Oh, come on. The NIH, the CDC, the FDA, Tony Fauci, they would never do that. That's their protection because they're not normal, empathetic human beings. And here's the dyad. And this is perimenopause is going to show this to you very, very clearly. And it's very uncomfortable. You go, oh God, 
oh God, I really can't stay in this marriage, stay in this job without getting sick. If I stay, like I will tell you that had I stayed in my marriage, I would have been dead of inflammatory breast cancer in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I had been telling all of my patients about a conscious equal partnership and I didn't have one. Right. The thing, the difference between what you say you believe and how you live your life, that's the degree to which you get sick. Yeah. That's what killed my mother. Exactly. Okay. Decades okay. and decades, a lifetime of repressed anger and resentment and all of the emotional stuff, lack of support, all of that over the course of many decades, all of a sudden my mom, who literally was in the 70s, my mom was the woman that was studying every Edgar Casey book and yeah. reading Shakti Gawain and all new thought spirituality. That's what we grew up with. I was a teenager in the 70s and my mom had all the, you know, A Course in Miracles, all this stuff laying around, but she just couldn't quite get the two worlds, you know, connected. Yeah. And then, so what happens, all that repressed stuff decade after decade, well, the weapon of choice was cancer and that's what ultimately killed her. So I hear exactly what you're saying. And, and I know that's true. Yeah, Lewis Thomas wrote The Lives of the Cell, he used to run Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York. And he had this quote, I have come to believe that cancer is the physical metaphor for the extreme need to grow. So your mom was doing what so many people have done, which is absolutely knowing the path, absolutely yep. knowing the path, but not having the support, the courage, whatever, because yep. in the seventies, my mother couldn't take out a loan in her own name after mm -hmm. my dad died in the seventies. So, and, and I had uh, teachers as patients in the early 80s who were getting fired because they were pregnant and pregnancy, you know, because that was oh. not okay. Yeah. So we so we've been yeah. on a fast track with what we would call the rise of the feminine to take its mm -hmm. place with the masculine. And so it is not about uh, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. Although mm -hmm. I think that that was a necessary step in the eighties, we had the big yeah. shoulder pads right. and, and, you know, dress for success, all this stuff. Um, now we are understanding more, at least I certainly am, is the dynamic mm -hmm. of masculine and feminine. And you have to yeah. decide in a relationship, what your role is, as Dr. Pat Allen says, you got to decide, do you want to be cherished or do you want to be respected? And generally the feminine role is to be cherished and the masculine role is to be respected, but you can't have both because that's narcissism. So this is all the stuff that we, that we learn during mm -hmm. perimenopause, unless we do what the medical profession would like you to do. Just take this prescription, honey, mm -hmm. right? and you'll be fine. Like you're going to miss all the magic all the magic um because yeah. yeah nothing has to happen to your sexuality except for it to get better but if right. you are with a person who's using your bottle the way an alcoholic uses a, a loses your body like an alcoholic uses a bottle yeah. 
Yeah. Your body's going to rebel. You're going to have no libido. You don't want anything in your body mm-hmm. that is going to do anything except elevate you because we also at perimenopause need to make the choice to care for ourselves. Right, right. And think that do you think that so much of it? I mean, I just remember, you know, when I was turning 40 and anyone else that uh, friends or acquaintances I had were so afraid. They were so afraid that 40 was the beginning of the end. And I didn't know what they were talking about because I felt like I was just getting started. That is and then right. Go, yeah. right? Yeah. Then get through the next 10 and then it's 50. Same thing. I'm like, I feel I feel more smarter, wiser, more empowered. I feel everything that could feel good felt better. But the same thing, this fear, it's like they psych themselves out. So many people, be, women, because they think that each decade is like, it's like the beginning of the end, as you said earlier. And then now in a few months, I'm knocking on the door of 60. <laughs> like, I just keep feeling more and more stronger and wiser and you know, empowered and passionate about things. And so I guess I, my question in, I'm going to get around to it in a second is I attribute so much of that though, to my, my spiritual foundation, my upbringing, and just like health is my religion. And so, so much of it is mindset and your belief system. And I'm wondering if you find that so many so many women have they've already made these decisions about what's going to happen based on their moms and their grandmothers and you know other people that just start to go downhill and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and then of course the medical you know traditional medicine moves them right along down that path yeah so um dr becca levy did the most interesting study on this ohio database Uh, It was a a fascinating study where she found that at the age of 11, uh, what you thought about growing older actually determined your experience and it was in place. It was programmed by the age of 11. So if people believed that growing older was associated with being astute, being valuable, whatever, those people who believed that added seven years to their life. She controlled for blood pressure, obesity, smoking, alcoholism, uh, exercise or no exercise. She controlled for everything that we believe contributes to to longevity. And she found that the belief itself that growing older had value, that belief gave you seven extra years. Also, Dr. Mario Martinez has studied 700 healthy centenarians all over the world. Mm. And what he found is they're all alike. Doesn't matter if they're Chinese or Australian. They live in subcultures of wellness. They're future oriented. Your garden looks good. Wait till you see it in a couple of years. Right. You know, and they're, and uh, so, and you ask them, when did you last see a doctor? I don't know. My doctors are all dead. They don't spend any time focusing on what can go wrong. So they're, they're uh, outliers. They're almost always outliers. And, and they have been able to heal 
the three major wounds that all tribes use to wound their members. And that a tribe would be family, business group, whatever. And the three wounds are shame, betrayal, and abandonment. And mm -hmm. right now we are being tempered in the cauldron of those three wounds. We have people who feel like us, we're canceled. Mm -hmm. We are shamed, that's for sure. The amount of shaming on my social media in the last year and a half is beyond anything that I could have imagined. But because of going through menopause, because of writing Dodging Energy Vampires and understanding about narcissists and so sociopaths, and it's one in a hundred people are outright psychopaths and about mm -hmm. one in five has a personality disorder. So as you are listening to me, please, I want you to hear, see the names going through your head because those are your particular ones in, you know, and they mm -hmm. drive every mm -hmm. family crazy and they split people and they have malignant intuition. They know exactly what you've always wanted to hear. And you think that they love you, but they don't, they're just in it for themselves. So the wounds, um, so shame, what you do, the healing field of shame is honor. Where's all the time you've been honorable? Shame is so painful. It's associated with uh, the secretion of IL-6, an inflammatory chemical in the body. So mm -hmm. when someone says, you should be ashamed of yourself, you are dangerous to people because you're giving them misinformation. Um, I've been named as one of the disinformation dozen, the 12 people on the entire planet responsible for 70% of the misinformation about this narrative found Congratulations. On no kidding. I mean, <laughs> you see, that is what's cool because mm -hmm. first of all, it, it, show, it proves something. One, there's enormous power in being a postmenopausal woman who doesn't keep her mouth shut is coming from a place of love for humanity. Right. And, and doesn't really at this point, doesn't believe the narrative. What happens to people like me with uh, what, um, uh, what is her name? Uh, Sandra Brown, who wrote Women Who Love Psychopaths. She's identified a subgroup of women and some men with what are called super traits. Super traits of loyalty, can do, um, empathy, people who see only the good in others. And we tend to be the targets for the narcissists mm -hmm. because we don't believe that, uh, you know, we believe this, only people who've been hurt in childhood hurt other people. Yes. Well, the truth is that the people currently running this narrative, they're a different species. They're like reptiles going around in a human suit. And we have to get that reptiles do not cuddle and give milk to and nurture their young. They lay the eggs and then go out and kill a pig. Um, what do you think is the motivation for that though? To what ends? Power. Just power. Just power. I mean, that's, what, that's all I can come up with is power. It's, it's, just, it's just power. And if you have no empathy, then uh, you want more. I was once in um, a family vacation on the, Amalfi coast of Italy. And we took a little boat over to the island of Capri. And I'm looking at these yachts 
and it's one yacht is bigger than the next. It's like, okay, this one has a helicopter port on it. And this has, but, but where are they going? It's the same ocean. And quite quickly, if I'm in a kayak, I'm kind of more in the ocean, loving the whole ocean thing. What, why do I need a boat that big? And then I learned that what it is, is people, billionaires about, I think this is the figure, eight out of 10, it's maybe seven out of 10 billionaires are just in it to win. They want the biggest mm-hmm. boat, the biggest, the youngest wife, mm-hmm. the, the, you know. Status, um, status. Yeah, but two out of every 10 knows that money is a force multiplier and they're in it to seed the planet. So that would be the empaths. But for a, a normal person, who needs all that stuff? It do, It's insane. It's just insane. You can't actually heal a wound of lack inside yourself with more and more and more and more material goods. So I think in 2020, many of us, myself included, have learned a great deal about who's running the world. Mm -hmm. And I've always known about the Rockefellers and the Flexner Report and the war on any natural remedy that cannot be patented. If it's natural and it can't be patented, then uh, it's automatically discounted. I'll give you an example. So early on in 2020, when I was noticing that everything I and my colleagues would post about vitamin D, vitamin C, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, the whole thing. Every time we'd put that up there and say, hey, nobody needs to be worried about this. No one needs to die. Just do, boom, it would be taken down. And I was listening to Dr. Andrew Saul, an orthomolecular physician with years and years and years of data on high dose vitamin C. So and he had been sending tons of it to China because that stuff really works. If you had just given that IV, you know, you could have, let's just say everyone who died never needed to die. And mm. so his colleague interviewing him said, well, why do you think that this isn't known? Why aren't people using this given that you just sent this tonnage to China? He looks right in the camera. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Looks right in the camera and he goes, Satan. Whoa. 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 Now you can use that word for psychopath, mm-hmm. for sociopath, for dark controllers, for Lucifer, whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter. But I'll tell you what you do need to, to do. You need to see it because for empaths, for women who are in perimenopause, for anybody, if you're going to live a full and healthy life right up to your potential so that your health span and your lifespan are equal. You have got to learn how psychopaths work. You cannot give them the benefit of the doubt and they don't stop until you stop them. You can't reason with them. You can't, can't you see it my way? I'll give you an example of that. Back in uh, February, March, 2020, I was testifying in our legislature against vaccine mandates. They wanted to mandate 72 different shots by the age of 18. Start in nursery school. Well, that's the CDC schedule right now. That's what all the kids in the United States are getting if their parents follow the CDC schedule. And by the way, the CDC is a private company and it makes millions on 
vaccine patents. You'll have, be happy to know there are about 85 more um, COVID vaccines in the works right now for a disease with a 99% survival rate. Anyway, There's the logic part. <laughs> there it is. So I'm preparing um, for, first of all, I heard about that our state was thinking about someone was going to introduce these mandates and thinking like a logical doctor. And I thought, well, we don't, you know, we don't need that. There's, mm -hmm. there's, there's no danger here of big epidemics coming, coming back. Um, and that's without even questioning the scientific basis for vaccination. This is just like, you know, parents still need a choice, right? Yeah. So what do I do? I do what any reasonable person does. I call up my legislator. I make sure we get together at my office. I give him three books on all of the reasons why natural immunity and what you do with food and why kids don't need these. And you especially don't need seven given at once and you don't need 72. And, you know, because most people don't get it that baby boomers had about three different shots. That's the people born between 1946 and 1964. So, yeah, that's me. okay. We only got about three in 1986, yeah. they tripled the schedule and removed liability from all pharmaceutical companies. They can put anything in there they want and they're not liable for it. So it's astounding. But anyway, there I am. I give him my books. He's a politician. So big smile on his face. Thank you so much. May I keep these? Blah, 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 blah. Little did I know that that had nothing to do with the discussion. There's, there was no logic there. And then when I testified on the day they I testified, there were three overflow rooms of parents with vaccine injured children. And as they went before the committee, there were 10 times as many people with vaccine injured children who just wanted the choice. Nobody was anti-vax. They were maybe ex-vax because their mm -hmm. kids had been wounded. And, uh, and despite that, the doctors got up there and they would just insert a tape into their head. Vaccines are safe and effective. Uh, they have adverse events in less than one in a million. Mm -hmm. Right now, by the way, the COVID vaccine alone in the United States has killed about 4,200 people. Uh, well, we sure don't hear about that though, do we? Never hear about that. So anyhow, and, and uh, the committee just sat there like it was one flew over the cuckoo's nest and I'll never forget it. So I thought, okay, this is not about logic. It is about something else. It's about money. It's about control. It is about frankly enslaving humanity. And I was uh, talking with Dr. Lee Merritt, this incredible orthopedic surgeon with the Navy. And she said, what is hard for people is they say, you know, my doctor would never do this. My, you know, the hospital would never do this. And she said, no, you got to think about it this way. You would never do that. You're not a psychopath. And so we can't believe. Mm -hmm. And it's the same, the beauty of perimenopause, women are waking up. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, they may see what their mother was really like what their father was really like, what their spouse is really like. 
And it doesn't mean that they need to leave them or get a divorce. It mm -hmm. means that they have to stop the denial, let the scales fall from their eyes and see that this part is indeed correct. And then set out to do something about it because right. you we teach people, we train people how to treat us. And yes. for many women, I mean, and I'm thinking about your mother, what she would do, she'd mm -hmm. seek relief from reading Edgar Cayce and maybe mm -hmm. Catherine Ponder and all the spiritual books. Yep. But then, okay, when I went through my divorce, I had all these books on the healing power of prosperity and money mm -hmm. and consciousness and think and grow rich. Yep. Only the difference was this time I was facing losing the house. So suddenly think and grow rich, all those books I needed to put into practice. It could no longer be my philosophy. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had an acquaintance and her son would, she would always say, you know, the universe will take care of it. And he'd say, why don't you tell the truth, mom? Instead of saying universe, put in a man, because that was indeed how she ran her life. Mm, was, yeah. you know, one man after another who would rescue her and bail her out and take care of her. There's something so wonderful about going through menopause using finding your power. I read Think and Grow Rich every day on a treadmill. Um, I was so afraid that I would lose the house and then my kids wouldn't have the house that they grew up in. And, you know, all of this, it's just, you know, the usual. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but when you, finally realize, wait a minute, women are generally better investors than men, um, that there's nothing about this that I couldn't do. So I went about creating, um, I had to begin to see myself as a business. I read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. It's all second chakra. I had a big old fibroid the size of my husband's head. And uh, when I had that finally removed in 97, I said um, to the anesthesiologist, I want you to say the healing phrases to me as I go under, because if you're going under anesthesia, it's a beautiful time to reprogram your body. Mm. And I said, so please uh, say, and when you awaken, the situation that created this will have left your body. When you awaken, the pattern will have left your body. And two years later, I was a single woman. And wow. Yeah. And believe me, I never thought that that would happen. But and, and oftentimes we need to have something um, happen to us that is dramatic because the soul yeah. orchestrates these things. You know, it's kind of like, OK, do, do you want to have a fast labor that's really painful, but it gets the baby out right away? Or would you prefer something that, you know, is a little more gentle and you can have some tea and watch a movie and then, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but sooner yeah. or later, we know that perimenopause is when the body will present its bill. It will present so, its bill. So yeah. interesting. So interesting. And it seems like um, more and more, now over these last couple of decades and especially in the last i would say in the last like 15 years is when it's really i've noticed it is so many women men too but as we're talking about women here um have really started to understand the power um and how to tap in and use their own intuition um and you know when you say like about we we're talking about 
giving birth. I mean, I gave birth to my babies in 1984 and 1985. And I remember thinking to myself, we went and looked, we lived in this little town in, in Minnesota and I went to um, tour the, the hospital and I looked at it and I was like, I'm not having any, I'm not bearing anything in this place. It looked like a, like a, a psych ward out of a horror movie. And I said, no, this is, this is not happening. I'm not laying on that thing. I'm not putting my feet in those cold things. I'm not getting a, a needle and I'm not doing any of that. And I said, you know, how did, how, how did the planet pop? How did we populate billions and billions of people before we had all of this ingeniousness? I think I'm just going to use my, my logic and my intuition that said, just go natural. Just, just do it the way that billions of women before have done this. And I understand there are exceptions and thank yeah. God for, you know, thank God for the brilliance of medicine in so many aspects, but I already made the decision. This is how it's going to go. And this is how it's, um, seems the most natural. My intuition said, that's not for you. And so that's what I did. And I had two babies with not so much as an aspirin. And I had my mom in there with me and my sister and my mother-in-law. And it was about as cool as a, you know, the pain of birthing could possibly be, but I was there you know, for the yeah. whole thing. Yes. And, yeah. and, and so were my closest people and my husband. And that was, that was awesome. But I just feel like the, the fear of, of being in any kind of discomfort, people have this fear of being even a little bit uncomfortable now. So, you know, give me a, give me a shot. So I don't, you know, have to suffer going through a flu, give me a pill. So I don't have to suffer emotional anxiety. I mean, it's just, I understand there is a time and a place for things, but for the most part, this just seems so wildly out of control and counter to what, as human beings, we are capable of doing and how we're capable of living and thriving with the amazing organism that's our body. And it's like they're doing everything they can to disconnect us from it. Yes. And we've done it to ourselves. That's exactly right. And to have us consent, have us consent. So no one has made anybody get this shot, but, but they have made you so afraid that you won't be able to travel. You won't da, 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 da. And then all this other stuff about, um, I listened, I watched a former colleague with one of these, you know, virtue signaling Instagram. I've just had my second dose and I'm, I'm so sick, but, oh, but I'm so glad I've had it. Get vaccinated, get vaccinated. It's like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but (laughs) I just can't. It's like, no, it's like, okay, everyone must be under MK ultra mind control. It seems like everyone's under a spell. Yeah, they are actually they're under, but think about it. Tell lie vision. So the darkness has brought us the programming through the movies, through the music. By the way, the music is all the the standard orchestral A, the A above middle C, vibrates at a frequency of 440 hertz. It should be 432. The Nazis brought that in. 432 is nature's frequency. It calms the body. 440 is just a little off and it makes humans more aggressive and warlike. So 
every time you're listening to music that's you don't feel it you don't you know and it can still move you but if it's 432 it's more in the range of the frogs singing the wind blowing through the trees all mm. of that and one of the things that's been so interesting during this whole time is the number of people who've been told you can't sing you can't go to church and sing uh just was contacted by a woman who has a choir in the UK they have not been able to get together and sing. So basically it's this. Remember when I said earlier, where the real power is, is where you've been taught to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Where the real healing is, is what we've been taught is dangerous and we shouldn't do that. Like going around breathing air freely, like being around other people and hugging them and being together with them. Uh, like getting together that, you know, think about it, social distancing, stay at home, all of this with absolutely no science to back it up. That is um, how you do torture. Yeah. And then, and then keep changing the story so that nobody knows what's going on. But tell lie vision mm -hmm. been, since you were a little kid telling you who to trust, what to listen to. So you go to the news to find out what are we supposed to be doing now? Yeah. So we got disconnect, disconnect from our own body's wisdom, disconnect yeah. from our families, our friends, our communities, uh, disconnect from being, even being able to, to see if somebody is smiling at you, disconnect from uh, fellowship, if you someone that wants to go to church and worship, singing, anything, you know, all of that disconnection, that powerful human need. And then let's throw in all of the confusion and, yeah. and now we have a, a massive contagious state of fear. That's about the most contagious thing going on right now is the fear. And then people make themselves sick because fear obviously makes the body sick if you have extended, right? Um, thoughts of fear all day and all night and stress and worry. And it's, yeah. it is, it's just, it's so insane, Dr. Northrup. I'm so delighted that that you've been able to come on and lay this out. And I love this analogy about, um, you know, the planet is in this same phase that as an individual, as a woman, we ultimately go through. And it's just, it's kind of like, uh, oh, what's, it's like uh, the, the macro version of what yeah, goes on, right? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. But remember, if menopause is adolescence in reverse, we're actually doing the developmental work that's necessary for moving into new earth. Now, remember that this time, the great awakening has been foretold for decades. Mm -hmm. We're at a time of a rising up of human consciousness. However, some people are up for the ride and others are going to just recycle because they would like a slower ride and everybody gets to choose. Yeah. I'm certainly on the, okay, we're going for it here. Ascension, right. you know, path time. And I've noticed that I'm meeting people from all over the world that I never would have met before. And we're finding our soul tribe as it were. And yeah. that's very exciting to me. It's almost like we all, we all heard the call. All mm -hmm. the star seeds said, oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of remember this. I said, I'd come down. I said, I would be here. And uh, that's and that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when each of us speaks our truth, 
it strengthens the next person who hears us so that they can go home. And I had a friend uh, yesterday, she was disturbed because she has uh, two stepchildren and their friends wouldn't come into the house unless they were wearing masks. So these other kids made her kids wear masks. And I said, nope, 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 nope. That is, uh, you must stand in your sovereignty there and you must teach those other children. This is a space where we breathe freely. And if you have that amount of fear, this is probably not a household where you should come. And she was just so grateful because sometimes it becomes so normalized that uh, you just go along. I have a little five-year-old granddaughter and she was out playing on the playground with a little girl who had a mask. So she came over to her mother, my daughter, and she said, you know, mommy, can I have my mask? And she goes, no, honey, we, we don't wear masks. And so she went back to play with that little girl and that little girl took off her mask. So we humans will go along yeah. with, you know, it's, um, we'll go along with the person who's kind of the alpha who is standing up yeah. and living in a sovereign way. And they give everyone else permission until it becomes the norm. Exactly. And that is exactly, exactly why I always ask a guest to share a going rogue story. Because when you are somebody that is courageous enough to demonstrate people people see that and it gives them permission to do something that's calling to them that maybe they're fearful or you know they're afraid they're going to be an outcast or ridiculed or shamed or any one of a dozen other things but when they see someone else do it when they see somebody else going rogue it it's like it, they're inspired they're like oh i think i could do that too it, yeah. I, i'm sure that you have had knowing um a little bit about your, your uh your history i'm sure that going rogue has been, been a thing that you've done more than a couple of times um would you say that this situation going on right now is maybe the biggest or do you have a different going rogue story this one feels like I just prepared for it for my whole life. But I do want to uh, say something that was uh, just an interesting time. And that was in 2015, my medical license was up for renewal because it's just you know, every two years. Right. And I just sort of sat back and I said, uh, do I want the noose of the Board of Registration in Medicine around my neck? Because I could see what was happening. There was way more uh, interference mm -hmm. from the medical boards. They would ask questions like, have you ever written a prescription for a family member? Well, yeah. I mean, everybody does that. That's just standard. So there was starting to be, I could feel it intuitively. So I didn't renew my license. Now, you spend a lot of years and a lot of time getting licensed. And I was licensed in our state for probably 40 years. And to finally just release it was uh, frightening and freeing at the same time. You always go with it's a little more freeing than it is frightening, right? Right. And boy, did that turn out to be a good thing. Because yeah. then when the complaints about my stand on COVID have started to come in, or the FOIA requests, the freedom of information requests, because, you know, we want to see what dirty deeds she's done. 
there was there wasn't anything. You know, they said this is she is outside of our jurisdiction. So that was certainly a, a but my entire career has been going rogue. I mean, when I was a, an intern, all the babies were born. If it wasn't twilight sleep, it was spinal anesthesia. And I just wanted, I had some patients from the clinic and they wanted natural births. So the nurses called me Dr. Payne and, you know, and I had this whole group of people who just wanted to give birth naturally. And then I was the first one in the residency to put the baby on the mother's abdomen uh, after birth. You know, that was considered, oh my God, that wasn't done. Yeah. I was told once I did that and the woman's uh, finger hit my glove and my attending physician said, uh, her finger touched your glove. You're no longer sterile. And I said, Dr. McGovern, the baby just came out of the vagina. The only way to sterilize it is to boil it. <laughs> oh my God. You know, but, awesome. but, the, but the truth is that I, right. you know, have and always had great love for the profession, great love for my colleagues. So I didn't come at it ever with, you're doing it wrong. Let me show you how to do it right. Because I knew that there were so many other things going on. You know, like for years, I try to talk women out of circumcising their baby boys, didn't need to be done. I, I didn't have a lot of luck because the time wasn't right. Now it's way better. People are, you know, in other words, yeah. the culture is changing. Consciousness has to change. So I'm never gonna sit there and yell at an individual person. Wake up, wake up, no. Because you can't, you can't, and 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 it's the heart needs to open from the inside. So you just love them where they are. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you let them in your house so that they wear a mask all during dinner. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have sex with a man who's had the jab because that's going to get into your system and it's a bioweapon. It doesn't mean that you do the best you can, but from a place of elevated cognition, of, of, of love, of understanding that humanity is in the birth canal right now. And it just right. feels like I'm here as a midwife for that, along yeah. with millions of others, of course. Right, right. Uh, that's beautiful. I, I love that. And you're right, because we are all going to be having coming up against friends or coworkers or family yeah. that they're just not in that same place yet. And you can't shame and you can't try to talk them out. You're not going to tell them what's right. You just have to uh, love them. Like you said, love them and understand that they're on their path of evolving at, in their own time. Yeah. And, and so are we. And what are you going to do? I mean, you, but you got to keep yourself healthy. You have to keep yourself. Yeah, Because if you go down and the way I describe that is the boat has left the dock mm -hmm. and it's pretty far out. So if you dive in the water to go back and help those who are just jumping off the dock now and swimming for the boat, but they can't swim, you're going to drown. Mm -hmm. So we can't save everybody. Unfortunately, we can't. Right. Uh, 
Wow. So I have, um, I know that we are up, our hour is up and I don't want to keep you any longer because I'm sure there are a million other people that want to have this conversation with you, but I do, um, I do hope that you will consider coming back and talking some more. I mean, we barely touched on your book, but I think we got the main premise out. We really Um, did. And in that book, by the way, for everybody, you're going to find natural herbal ways to cure the hot flashes and the vaginal dryness. And I've covered all of it, hysterectomy, yeah. ovaries, breasts, Gardasil, you name it, it's in hormone, there. Yeah, and I, I yeah, because I wanted to talk to you about um, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, all that good stuff. So maybe we yeah. can hit that at another time. But do you have, um, what, what would you say in just a few seconds for people that are like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? What would you tell them as far as their health are like one of the top one or two things just to take care of themselves? If they haven't gotten the vaccine Mm -hmm. and they're on the fence, what should they do? Vitamin D. Vitamin D levels need to be 60 to 80 nanograms per liter. Go to grassrootshealth.net. All the vitamin E information in the world is there. Intermittent fasting. It actually promotes autophagy where your body will eat up abnormal proteins. Generally, the fasting window is at least 12 hours. So seven at night, stop eating. You can start eating the next day at 7 Mm a.m. and then extend it. I like to do a 15 hour to a 16 hour. And the more, this is the hardest part, the more you can make the fasting stuff after six at night. Because what we tend to do is we save up, save up, save up all day for a big dinner at eight. That's not nearly as good as stopping at about five or six. Those not easy are. to do, but, but it's doable. If you just, it's a practice. If you just start kind of narrowing the windows a little bit each day, and you're, you're, yeah, your body will adjust and it will start to like that and you'll feel good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Okay. So where is the best place for people to find you now, Dr. Northrup, where you haven't been canceled? Well, luckily I have a nice email list but, and I'd love you to sign up for my e-news yeah. and Dr. Northrup, N-O-R-T-H-R-U-P.com. My telegram channel is Dr. Christian Northrup. That's the one where I can tell, tell you anything I want. And I will often come in with a little voice memo. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And that's where I tend to do things like singing with Dr. Tommy John, playing my harp and singing, just to do something to show people how you keep the frequency high and how no matter what's going on on the planet, it's crucial that we have fun and joy and and you have fun and joy now you don't oh when it's over i will then let myself laugh no no do it now it'll be over way sooner (laughs) thank you again so so much i i can't tell you how much i appreciate your time and uh everyone that's listening um you know what share this please uh anyone that you think might find value in this that's uncertain that's open to getting some new information please share all the good shift that we have been talking about here today and of course we would love it if you would give us a rating and review it so other people are inspired to listen until next week stay feisty my friends stay healthy and go make some epic shift happen in your own lives and that goes for you too mr gary v (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.